Good evening and welcome to Resistance TV. Um, I'm on my own this evening, so I hope you can see me um, and you can hear me well enough. Um, tonight it's the it's the first of June, and uh, so happy first of June. I'm looking forward to the summer, although here in Manchester it's still a bit cloudy and rainy, um, so we're still looking forward to that. Um, this evening I'm going to be talking to Pete Gregson, who's one of our Resist members from Scotland and he's based in Edinburgh. And Pete is the founder of an organization called CABA, which is the Campaign Against Bogus Antisemitism. Pete's been working tirelessly for many, many years for the Palestinian people. And he's tried to set up organizations to help people in Gaza to own money, earn money over the internet and many other things. And his latest project is to try and raise the profile of Palestine by twinning Gaza with Edinburgh. So I'd like to welcome in Pete. Hello. Hi. Hi, Pete. Welcome to the Hi. show. Um, as I'm on my own this evening, I wonder if somebody in the audience can um, just say that they can hear me, everything looks okay, everything's fine. I can see Paul McCord is there. Hi, Paul. Hi, Atcha John. Um, I don't know if Lizzie's going to be joining us to do some moderation, but that would be good. Um, let's just uh, start off, Pete, by saying, um, if you can introduce yourself, I did a little introduction, but I'm sure there's more that you would like to, to tell our audience this evening. And can you tell us a little bit more about CABA and why you founded it? Okay, um, my name is Pete Gregson. I'm from, Ed I'm from Aberdeen, but I live in Edinburgh. Um, I've been, uh, I was in the Labour Party for about 38 years until I got levered out over bogus anti-Semitism. Um, but I've been, campaigning for Palestine. I mean, I think I really found out what was going on there about 1980 when I was traveling around Africa and I was being a bit of a hippie and dressing like an Arab and speaking Arabic and trying to mingle, you know. Um, that was in Sudan. That's where I really found out. I didn't get as far as Palestine. I, I, I came back from Sudan, Egypt. But uh, I mean, I, that, that's when I really began to know if there was something happening that I didn't know about before because in Britain, you know, we've only ever had the Israeli narrative. Um, all my best friends at university were students, but were Jews. Um, we didn't talk about Palestine. Didn't even know Palestine existed. It was just Israel, Israel. So um, it was a bit of an eye opener, really, beginning to understand how um, what was going on there. But the campaign against bogus anti-Semitism that's been going um, only since February, actually. Uh, I was originally in Labour Against the Witch Hunt, and uh, <clears throat> I did try to get Labour Against the Witch Hunt to do the same things that we're doing with Campaign Against Bogus Anti-Semitism. But unfortunately, I got expelled from Labour Against the Witch Hunt. I've been expelled from everything, really. I mean, I, I could give you a list of links and <laughs> the things I've been expelled and fired from, not just so about why, why did they Why did hmm? they expel you from um, law? Well, that was Tony Greenstein. He he was um, kind of angry with me because I I um, <clears throat> I, I'd gone to um, an event. I, I was I was the only, I've been the only trade unionist ever to be expelled for criticising Israel. That was thanks to Rhea Wolfson, who's big in the momentum, and she was a Zionist. And uh, I didn't realise when I wrote to the National Executive Committee in the Labour Party, asking them not to adopt the IHRA, that I was actually right into John Landsman and Rhea Wolfson that were Zionists. And I didn't realise that she was in the GMB as well. In fact, she was in the Scottish GMB. So she basically told the, the, sec the Scottish Secretary to boot me out because I was because um, I was criticising Israel. And I even had a rabbi, you know, this lovely man, this Rabbi Cohen. Oh, yeah, Rabbi Cohen. He yeah. he was very good with me as well. He's he's a lovely man. Yeah, he lives, he lives near Manchester. He does, yeah. He's absolutely and, um, wonderful. And he's been attacked for criticising Israel. You know, he's had his car burnt out and shit through his letterbox. And he's terrible. He's a lovely guy. And he's to be suffered for, for what, you know, just because he thinks Israel shouldn't exist. I mean, anyway. Um, so he came to hear him, but they wouldn't listen. So the GMB expelled me. At that point, I was becoming a bit of, you know, law were quite keen on me because I was a trade unionist, because I was getting expelled and that. And things were going really well. But I was invited to a talk by a group called 9-11 um, Keep Talking. And they've had all sorts of people on. They've had Piers 
um, Corbyn, you know, um, you know Jeremy's brother, uh, about you know climate. He doesn't believe in climate change. All sorts of people. Michael Pellard they had on, but they had me on. But they also had a Holocaust denier on uh, the month before. Um, Colostrom, I think his name is. Oh and, yeah, um, yes, I've heard of him. And 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 the thing was was that um, I I didn't know, you know, and and in fact I I didn't have a, I mean I I kind of I would speak to I mean I'm Scottish I speak to anyone you know I speak to Holocaust and I because I'd say well you're wrong and I would discuss with him because he had this theory about Auschwitz about the fact that the walls weren't blue enough and you know if you do a bit of the science you realise why he's wrong but um, this wasn't really good enough for Tony Greenstein because I. Uh, this guy, uh, another guy that knew him, had written an article um, about Herzl. Herzl was the kind of granddaddy of the of the of Israel. You know, he kind of invented Israel. He was the first person to to speak of having a you know um, a Zionist country um, mm -hmm. back in 1870, and it was a really good piece. And the guy mentions as a side event, you know, about this Nick Collister. Anyway, Tony said, "Take that down," because I had it on a Change.org petition, uh, mm -hmm. and I said, "No." I said, I've said it's toxic, but I think there's interesting information in there. I've said which bit's toxic. No, no, that wasn't good enough. And they had a meeting and they expelled me. Well, it was quite a big meeting. About 45 people came and it was it was like 20, 20 wanted me out and 15 said I could stay and Ken Livingston and Machi Machover, they abstained. But I mean, I, I, um, I, got, I got expelled. So that, that was well, a bit let's funny. let's just clear up um let's just clear it up now then. Um you are not a Holocaust denier, are you, no, Pete? No, no, no. No, no. I mean I, I kind of stuck my neck out. You know, it's Elan Pappy. He said yeah. breach the IHRA, you know, whatever you do, breach the IHRA, you know. Um Israel's a racist endeavor, you know, that's breaching yeah. the IHRA. Um yeah. I said Israel exaggerates the Holocaust for political reasons. And folk thought I'd gone too far, but this is another breach of the IHRA. You're not allowed to say anything about Israel and the Holocaust. Mm -hmm. And I, I said it was for political reasons. And when I say exaggerate, I was meaning like they don't mention anyone else that died. If you look at these courses at Tel Aviv University, they don't mention anyone apart from Jews. It's the, mm -hmm. all the Russians and Poles. They didn't count. They didn't die. Yeah, they didn't yeah. matter, yeah. you know. And, and that's exaggeration. Um, it's, it's not swelling the numbers, but it's talking about it's, it's overemphasizing. That's another meaning of the word exaggeration. Well, that's what happened to Jackie Walker as well, wasn't it? I mean, she mentioned, but she, she was talking about um, the Holocaust and the fact that um, the, the Holocaust or Holocaust Memorial Day doesn't include all the people who were genocided in countries like Africa, yeah, um, Arma Armenia and mm. all these other places. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was why absolutely. Jackie was expelled. Um, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's, there's, um, there's a, a, I have to use the word conspiracy because in 2011, they had the Big Tent for Israel event in Manchester where they pulled together Zionists from all over the country and said, we've got to do something because Israel was getting a bad press. And the, the message was, and it's on our, our website because someone filmed it. They were saying, go out, go out, get into the trade unions, get into the Labour Party, get into the BBC, get into all the places where opinions about Israel are made and fix it by adopting the IHRA definition which had been cooked up precisely to stop people criticising Israel. You know, the woman who invented it, Dina Parat, this really academic, went to South Africa in 2002 and said, we don't want to end up like South Africa. We don't want to end up multicultural and everyone, you know, equal. How do we do that? Well, we make criticising criticizing Israel synonymous with Jew hate, which means if you're an anti-racist campaigner like me, you know better than Hitler. That's what they wanted. And they've succeeded. I mean, you look at what happened to Corbyn. They've succeeded. They've succeeded in painting every anti-racist campaigner as a Nazi, which is what they wanted to do. They're very clever, very clever. And now, you know, Starmer, Keith, Sir Keith Starmer's booting out people right, left and centre because, um, you know, it's a, it's a combination of the Labour right and, and the, the, the Zionists at the British Board of Deputies, you know, these are the people that destroyed Corbyn. And and he, he was he was about as anti-Semitic as a, a Labrador puppy. You know, this is a joke. This is stupid. But, you know, it's, it's terrible. So that's another reason why, uh, you know, I was trying to do this twinning campaign with Gaza. 
Well, let's let's but just can I just, can I just explain? Yeah, the sure. Yeah, because yeah. I, I was getting attacked everywhere I went. Even the Labour councillors in Edinburgh were saying, "You're an anti-Semite. You know, we're not going to listen to you." And I went into a deep depression right through COVID. Two years, I just said, "I'm giving up. I'm not." Because my own kids were saying to me, "The Guardian attacked me." I mean, the, you know, because I'd shared a platform with Holocaust deniers. And I said, this is shite to the Guardian. They said, well, there was a Holocaust denier in the room and they asked a question. I said, yeah, but that's not sharing a platform. And they and they wouldn't take it down. And it was like, mm. Ipso was the same. No one would take anything down. So my friends were saying, why do you hate Jews? And why do you deny the Holocaust? It was rubbish. And I just, I got so depressed, I gave up. I said, that's it. I'm not going to do any more campaigning. I'm going to stop. And it was quite fortunate that this coincided with COVID <laughs> because everyone was quiet during COVID. But for two years, didn't do anything. And then in, in February, back February, so two and a half years later, I just tried to join a PSC meeting, you know, Palestine Solidarity Campaign, who had also expelled me for criticizing Israel. You know. uh, and you'll notice the PSC don't criticize Israel. They're very keen on supporting Palestine, but they don't like criticizing Israel because they believe in the two state solution, which I think is a joke. But they. Well, I, think, I, I think we're long just, past that now, aren't yeah. we? So I just tried to sign in to one of these Zoom meetings and I was booted out instantly. I was like expelled. And then I tried to join Ed Max for Palestine and I was expelled. And I was thinking, I can't win. You know, two and a half years later and I'm getting expelled from everything. I, I can't go through the rest of my life. I'm 65. I'm not going to spend the next 20 years hiding. So I just thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll, I'll set up a group that that were all the people that I knew that had been kicked out of law. I mean, we tried to set up something two or three years ago called Labour Against Zionist Islamophobic Racism, or Lazier. It's a bit of a mouthful. Um, and, and we went to the Labour conference, and I got the banner ripped by Zionists, the banner that Corbyn called anti-Semitic, actually featured Corbyn in the banner being attacked by Netanyahu. The whole thing had gone mad. So i just given up because we weren't going to win, I decided. And then I thought, well, you know, I'm going to be 65. I'm not going to spend the rest of my life doing nothing. I'll just get back into campaigning because I quite like doing it. Everyone needs a hobby, don't they? Well, as long as everyone needs a hobby, but you are, I think you are doing something that's very worthwhile, which brings me on to your Twin Gaza campaign. Yeah. Well, the thing about the campaign against bogus anti-Semitism, it's got a rogues gallery in it. And if you get attacked, I've been trying to get you to go in it for years, Shan, because you are. right really awful treatment but you've you've never gone for it but i've got people up there i mean obviously people like jackie water mentioned but people up there who have been who've lost their jobs or who've been suspended or have been expelled for criticizing israel and i think you know you need to shine daylight on this and i put all the shite about me up there and that made me feel confident enough to go and do the campaign and get to do the twinning with Gaza, because I, any councillor attacked me, I just sent them straight to the website and I said, well, you read the truth. You read all the GMB minutes. You hear what the rabbi had to say. It's up there. It's published. Don't believe the newspapers. Try and read around it. And it, and it worked. It helped. Well, it helped me anyway, because they stopped attacking me so much because they could see that I had, you know, a rabbi on my side. So I can't be that simple. And that's how I got the twinning with Gaza thing, because we started that three years ago. And then with COVID, it all kind of shut down because yeah, the council yeah. didn't want to discuss it. You know, their meetings all became like on Zoom and stuff. And then February, I thought, well, I'll resurrect it. And in the meantime, the council had deleted it from the council website. You see, in Edinburgh, we've got this amazing system where any citizen can submit any proposal for the councillors. So most people, it's like dog dirt in the streets or it's, you know, I want the number 26 bus to come past my house. But I thought, well, I'll just stick one in asking twin in the city with Gaza. And I couldn't believe it. And they said, oh, yeah, well, that's valid. <laughs> uh, I know it was a nice petitions officer that passed it. And I think the councillors had a babies because I told my three councillors about it as soon as, as soon as I'd set it up. And they said, you must be nuts. What? Gaza? No way. In fact, Labour, a Labour councillor came to me and said, no, no, we shouldn't twin with Gaza. We should twin with Tel Aviv. They're much more culturally similar. Uh, I mean, anyway, so for three years, I've just been banging the door, banging the drum. And in February, I just got onto it and we resurrected it. And there were several hundred people who'd signed the petition because I, you know, I'm relentlessly going around shops with flyers and trying to get people to sign up. And there's a lot of support for Palestine in Scotland because the SNP are big on Palestine because they see themselves as have been colonized by the English. So, 
you know, they understand Israel and they understand that this is a fake country and they they support Palestine. And that's really made a difference. I mean, in the whole of Edinburgh, we've got half a million people in Edinburgh. There's 700 Jews. Only 300 of them seem to support Israel. The rest aren't interested. So there's not a lot of opposition. You go to Glasgow. I mean, the Zionists over there are really mad. I mean, they hate me. They're totally you know, very, very angry, very fired up. Um, that's the Glasgow Friends of Israel. You know, well, um, what's the name that BBC political editor, Laura Kunzberg? I mean, she probably comes from that gang. She went to a private school in Glasgow. So there's a, there's a, an influence from Glasgow, that, but it doesn't touch Edinburgh. And the people in Edinburgh don't want, you know, to be told what to do. And the councillors are quite sympathetic. Um, the Greens, 100% behind it. Uh, the Lib Dems, even, amazing, quite supportive. Um, the SNP, quite good. The Labour Party, terrified. You know, 10 years ago, they'd have been right into it. Now they're like, uh-oh, you know, if we support this, are we going to be... Dare, dare I ask, why do you think they are terrified to support well, your campaign? They, they don't want to talk about Palestine. They know if they talk about Palestine, they'll they'll be expelled, probably, because, you know, Keir Starmer's a great friend of Israel and he's gung-ho. He, Keir Starmer says that Israel isn't apartheid. The man lives in an alternative universe. Um, yeah. This is a problem because people in the Labour Party are terrified of speaking about it's like the BBC. The BBC in Glasgow said they'll never do an item about Palestine. They won't cover anything I'm doing because the moment they do, the phone explodes. Israel's so organized that they've got you know 250,000 Jews all around the UK phoning up the BBC en masse, making a fuss. So you'll notice the mainstream media are terrified to talk about Israel. You know, they, they it was amazing they even reported the killing of Shireen you know, the journalist, because, you know, that was, I mean, the BBC just called it a conflict. You know, they didn't say that, that she'd been murdered and shot in the back of the head, you know, by a sniper. Oh, no, they wouldn't well, say that. Well, um, CNN has come out with, a, I don't know if you've seen mm. that report, but CNN has put out in their report a proper investigation into what happened. And they have said it was clearly um, uh, an IDF sniper. Yeah. Well, the Americans, I mean, that's the Americans. I mean, the Americans are really far kind of more brave than than the Brits. I mean, the other thing about Twin and Edinburgh with Gaza is um, Edinburgh birthed uh, Balfour. Arthur Balfour came from Edinburgh. Not a lot of people know that. Just tell our audience who Balfour is. Balfour created Israel. Right. Balfour. Lord Balfour. Lord Balfour, he was a prime minister for a while, then he was foreign secretary, he was a Tory. And in 1917, even before Britain had taken Palestine from, from Turkey, from the Ottoman Empire, we hadn't beaten them in the war yet. But even then, we'd pledged that land to the Zionist Federation, Lord Rothschild, your pal, <laughs> shouldn't say that. Anyway, Lord Rothschild had got a letter from Balfour saying, we, we pledge this land to you. On the understanding, of course, that the Palestinians aren't upset about it, but you know, you know what happened to them, and that was it. You know, they handed over the land, and and over the succeeding twenty years, up until you know the Second World War, the Brits were very strong in Palestine, pushing uh, the Jews to move there. I mean, it was anti-Semitic. Like Hitler was pushing them to Palestine, Churchill was pushing them to Palestine. The, the whole thing stank, really. I mean, the Zionists yeah. were getting money from Hitler through the Havara Agreement. So Hitler would seize property from German Jews and then hand the money to the Zionists to buy German goods. I mean, this is why they couldn't have a boycott of, of mm -hmm. um, Germany in the Second World War, the, before the Second World War. So there's, there's, the Zionists caught up in a lot of nasty stuff, but the British have supported them all the way. You know, there was a guy came from Auschwitz in 1942, Jan Karski, Christian. He got out of Auschwitz and he came to Britain to speak to Churchill and said, Do you know what they're doing to the Jews in, in, in Poland, uh, in, in, in Europe? Hitler wouldn't, I mean, sorry, Churchill, <laughs> Freudian said, Churchill wouldn't speak to him, wouldn't meet him, wasn't interested. So the Brits were just as anti-Semitic as the Germans, really. I mean, I think at the end of the war, people got a shock when they saw what was happening, but no one was going to sacrifice their lives over dropping some leaflets on Auschwitz saying, you know, we care about you. So, so this is, I mean, Israel has been created by European anti-Semitism, but no one asked the Palestinians what they wanted. 
and, and what you've got now is a really, really extreme right-wing Zionist country that gets worse by the day um, and, 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 and would probably quite like to kill all the Palestinians. That's becoming the norm. So it's, it's getting worse and worse. And the worse it gets, I think, the more aware people get in Britain, maybe, even though they're all terrified of talking about it deep down, secretly. People think it's a bad place. You don't see folk queuing up to go to Israel in the holidays, do you? Um, and, and the same with America. You know, they're beginning to understand that this is not a, this is a mess that Britain has created. We've made this mess, but we don't want to know about it. We did a runner. In 1947, we ran when it was getting difficult, and we left all our weapons behind. Plus, we left trained battalions. These were the anti-Nazi battalions, trained, highly uh, experienced Jews who had fought in the anti-Nazi battalions for Britain. And we left them with all our weapons. And the next thing was the Nakba. You know, the Palestinians were driven out. We didn't know anything about it and we cared even less, but we facilitated all that. Yeah, we, we certainly did as yeah. Brits. And we, yeah. are, we are responsible. And, and that's <laughs> why I think Palestine needs to get payback. And I think Edinburgh is a good place because Balfour came. And that's why the Israelis hate this Gaza twinning thing because Gaza is their mortal enemy. And, and I think, you know, we owe it to people in Gaza to twin because they're suffering more than anyone, I think. So what benefits do you think it will have to Gaza if this can get through? Well, um, there's a good chance it might get through. I mean, the Labour Party keep putting it off. They put it off again today, but they will have to put it eventually on the agenda. Um, it, it would have, well, at the moment we're doing this twinning thing. So we haven't got a twinning association. Like all around Britain, there's 44 groups that are twinning anyway. You know, hell with what the government and the councils do. They're doing twinning activities, and some of them are properly twinned, like Dundee and Nablus. We just model ourselves in what Dundee did. And that dates from 1980, where, um, uh, you know, that that was, um, I'm trying to remember, the, this politician, what's his name, George, what's his name, the one that seems to annoy everybody who's... George Galloway? Yeah, him, right. He set it up <laughs> in, in 1980, and, you know, pretty radical even then. But it's been going strong. I mean, they give Nablus a fire engine last year and they train the firefighters. You know, the Scottish Fire Brigade are really into support in Palestine. So they train firefighters from Nablus in, in, and they come every year. And they also relate on schools. So there's a lot to be done with twinning just by building solidarity with the people who are oppressed. Mm -hmm. And there's an organisation called the Britain-Palestine Friendship and Twinning Network which is first class, you know, if you, if you want to twin your city with another place, you just start with them and you just need to reach out to a group in Palestine and they'll reach back. And, what you know, was that, what was that name again, Pete? I'll put it in the chat it's for the people. Britain-Palestine Friendship and Twinning Network. Britain-Palestine. Yeah, Tony Pierce is the chairman. and it, it, Britain-Palestine and? Britain-Palestine uh, Friendship and Twinning Network. And as I say, there's like 44 cities in the in groups in the UK. And some of them are like us. You know, they haven't managed to twin, but they're still doing the business. They're linking with Palestinians and learning a lot. I mean, Palestinians tell us a lot, teach us a lot. I mean, these people in Gaza, they were building hospitals when we were still living in caves. I mean, Gaza is like 1500 BC. That's three and a half thousand years old. These people are very sophisticated. Uh, I mean, people in Palestine are seen as the kind of intellectuals of the Arab world. Um, Can I just say thank you to Jarleth Rice for putting the um, link in the chat for me. Thank oh. you, Jarleth. <laughs> anyway, so that anyone, any, wherever you live in England, I advise you to try and twin with, um, with another group in Palestine because it's like reaching out. I mean, there's lots of bits of Gaza that haven't been. But it's the Gaza Strip has got two million people. We're only trying to twin with Gaza City, which is about half a million. So the rest of Gaza is wide open for you to twin with other parts. And the people in Gaza need it more than anything because they've been under siege for 15 years. I know, I know. And, um, and what we're doing is because the internet, because the Israelis can't control the internet, they've got Facebook. All these Palestinians are on Facebook. You can get one friend on Facebook. I've got a thousand friends on Facebook from Palestine. And I'm practicing a bit of Arabic on it. And they're dead friendly. They want to know what you're doing. And they're, they're poor, so and and PayPal and and Facebook won't allow them to run fundraisers 
So if you want to help someone, you'll set up a fundraiser for them. The money comes to you and then you pay it through Western Union to them. There's all sorts of things. And why they won't let Palestinians do fundraisers this is appalling. I mean, it's just outrageous. These people are starving, they're poor. And, you know, the world conspires to make them poorer. Um, but they, they need help. And they, there are certain websites that are fine. Um, I, I go to chuffed.org because they don't care if you if you support in Palestine, but other ones like GoFundMe, they won't, they they wouldn't support my Palestine funder, you know. Oh yeah, no, they, they registered charity. Yeah, no, they they're very um, vulnerable to the Israel lobby, let's say. So yeah. if anybody tries to put up a something on GoFundMe about Palestine or anything like that, it gets the lobby starts yeah, yeah. lobbying well, I, them I, I, and they me. take it down. I, I had one, an anti-IHRA one, trying to raise money for IHRA legal costs, and they let that through. But right. then they were funny about the pictures. They wouldn't let me to put the picture of Corbyn up if something they said, you can't have that on the front page. Mm. So I had to put some of the Nuturi Carter guys on. Yeah. They're the ones okay. that hate Israel. So um, tonight we're talking to Pete Gregson from Edinburgh. He's the founder of Cabo. He's also a Resist member in Scotland. And we're very pleased to have him with us tonight. Um, he's a fantastic campaigner. Um, he's done all sorts um, in his life. And uh, tonight we're talking a bit about... More about the twinning. Yes, I was just going to say, we're, we're talking about our twin Gaza for, for anybody who's only just joined us. Um, so, yeah, carry on, Pete. Well, so the thing that we got excited about and this wasn't my idea. I mean, none of this is my idea. Even the twinning thing wasn't my idea. It was my friend George's, <laughs> George Randall. He suggested it. Well, that's a good idea. No, um, and again, with, uh, with, the, with the internet stuff, it was a guy from Gaza who now lives in Scotland who managed to escape. His name's Wissam Wadi. And Wissam joined our little twinning group, um, you know, when we started out a few years ago. And he said, um, you know, he was into the idea of uh, trading on the net. And he'd set up this thing, sort of website, LinkPal. And I was really excited about this because I work in IT. And then I realized that there was coding academies in Gaza because they're, because they're isolated, because they can't communicate. They've got a thing called Gaza Sky Geeks. Uh, and there's also got G Gateway. And these are funded by charities like Mercy Corps. But they train thousands of people in Gaza. I mean, there's 2 million people there. It's trained thousands of them in internet skills, and web design, web building. So I thought, wait a minute, well, we, we need websites. The people in Gaza can build websites. Let's get them to do it. And, and it's amazing. You know, you can get a great website for 500 quid. <laughs> you know, what year would cost probably 2,000. I mean, Was I'm trying to pay Skylab, them. Was it called Skylab, Pete? It's called Skylab. Gaza Sky Geeks. Gaza Sky Geeks. Yeah, yeah. And it's an amazing setup. You know, they're really lovely people. And they're passionate about educating the youth. I mean, over half the population of Gaza, I think, are under 18. I mean, this is what people do when they're, they're all refugees from the Nakba and they move mm -hmm. there and they can't, can't do anything, they can't escape. So people have kids, you know. Families are always very big in sort of Arabic culture. And so there's a big youth population, and they're um, they're all pretty numerate. I mean, algebra, you know, Jebra, they invented numbers, the Arabs, more or less. Well, not quite, but, you know, they developed a lot of algebra. Uh, it's an Arabic word. And and so, you know, we're, we're not only doing websites, because they're good at the coding, they're really good at business, and we're trying to get trained people there to do bookkeeping and accounting. And, and that would be brilliant because then everyone needs their books done. I mean, you might only get a website done once every five years, but if you're a business, a small business, you need your books done all the time. In Edinburgh, we've got 15,000 Muslims. We've got 3,000 Turks. And they're all sympathetic to Palestine. And we did one. We've done one website, which is www.nellenglish.com. And that's um, an English language. about It's a, a Scottish guy that wanted to do teaching English and you know, it was a TEFL teacher and he had COVID, he couldn't work and he wanted to teach online. So his was the first website, www.nellenglish.com and that was built in Gaza and it's great and it's lovely and it's really good. And the guy that built it, Salim, is a, is a genius and uh, his English isn't that great. So 
we then moved into doing English classes where we teach them English. And because we all speak English, you know, conversational English doesn't cost anything. You don't need to be a teacher to chat like this. And they speak Arabic and I'm interested in Arabic. So they tell us a bit of Arabic and it's all on Zoom, you see, because of COVID, we all do Zoom all the time. So we can do this trading on the net and on Facebook and Messenger. You know, a whole world has opened up just because, no, it's it's um, not that one. Not that <laughs> That's one. That's a different one. It's Nell, N-E-L-L, Nell English, N-E-L-L-E-N, nellenglish.com. Uh, anyway, that's the first website, and it's um, it's really good. If you wanted a website, and, and people in Edinburgh, you know, I, I sort of deal a lot with the Muslims in Edinburgh, and, and they're interested now, and one of them, you know, they, they run a business up here, and, and they want to get their websites built in Palestine because they support Palestine, and that's what everyone should do. We should buy everything we can from Palestine, if you can. If you want a cartoon done, if you want graphics, you can do logos, Go to Palestine if you want to. I mean, sure enough, you can buy olive oil and that stuff, but there's a lot of stuff you can get on the net that can only be done on the net, like music production or bookkeeping or accountancy or, I don't know, there's obviously translation, but there's there's a lot of things that can be done on the net and it's a big market and they really have ambitions and, and the Israelis can't do anything about it. You know, it's brilliant because they can earn money without the Israelis controlling it. And that's brilliant because they're not, I mean, like 90% of Gaza lives on Qatar on, that's it, you found it, on, on public funding. You know, they, they're 90% of them live on government aid. You know, they, they'd, they'd like to earn their own money, but this way they can. They can provide a service to us people in the West that need what they can do. And, and then you can support Palestine by buying stuff from them and you give them money, you give them jobs, you give them self-respect. And, uh, you know, it's great. I just think we should all be doing it if you can. That's brilliant, Pete. Um, can I just give a shout out to our people who are watching? Um, if you're in the chat, please drop us a comment or a question if there's anything that you'd like to ask Pete. Maybe you'd like to get involved in a twinning campaign. Maybe twin want your county or your town with somewhere in Palestine and try to, to help them out that way. If you want to drop Pete a question, please put that yeah. in into the chat. I mean, there's a good chance that your town's already doing it, like Derby and places like that. Uh, they're already doing it. You just need to find out uh, where the group meets and join in. If, if you want to expand your horizons and start speaking to Palestinians and start speaking to Arabs and start learning about a whole universe that we don't know about. Because Edinburgh has never twinned with a Palestine, with an Islamic city. I mean, there's all this Islamophobia, but we don't actually know anything about it. And the whole culture, Arabic culture, isn't what you see in the media. I mean, these are very no, it's not. interesting I, people. I, I've been over to, I've spent a lot of time in Arab countries working and um, visiting and um, I, I love the Arab countries. Um, mm. The Mediterranean countries, I lived in Cyprus for a long time and um, their culture is very much influenced by the Middle East, the food and, you know, the music and all the kind all that kind of thing mm -hmm. it's it's all influenced by the by the middle east um yeah. I spent time in the uae in kuwait um tunisia i worked for for a while um and lovely lovely people yeah. i mean i traveled from morocco through algeria i hitchhiked across the Sahara down to niger in nigeria and then back up through central africa and cameroon and then sudan and and everywhere I met, I met Arabs. People were really, really friendly, really genuine. You know, you you'd go to a restaurant and buy a meal, and then you go to pay for it. And they say, "Oh, you don't need to pay." And you say, "Why?" And they say, "Oh, well, someone's paid for you." So, woo. Well, I don't know, but people pay. It's like they love foreigners so much they'll buy you food. <laughs> You'll never know who they no, are. No, they do. It's one of the things the real... they love. They love to feed you, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're really into their food. It's like here, um, have more, have more. Yeah, um, and yeah. you were invited over to New York to talk about um, the uh, trading on the net, weren't you? Recently. Well, this was the Aloda. I mean, what's interesting in in America is the Palestinians are very organised. I mean, they are. I mean, I have to say, I wasn't quite invited. I kind of invited myself. Well, I went to them and said, oh, I'd like to come. This is what I do. And they said, oh, yeah, why don't you speak then? Because I would have gone anyway, just because I'm really interested in, in networks that are run by Palestinians. And in America, 
they're, they're very different from Britain. I mean, the Palestinians I know in Britain are by and large frightened of having their residency taken away from them because they think, you know, they've got a British government that's looking for an excuse to expel people. But in the US, it's it's not like that. People, you know, the US is built of immigrants. I mean, everyone there is, is an immigrant apart from the Native American Indians. And what's amazing is in, in the US, the Palestinians have made common cause with black Americans and with Native American American, Native Indian Americans. So at this thing in New York, I was meeting people from all sorts of walks of life. I mean, black guys, black Islamic people, um, really passionate, really interesting, really friendly and, you know, great conversations. Uh, and the Palestinians, you know, half the time people were speaking Arabic. I mean, I knew a bit of Arabic and struggled my way through it. And we made, um, they videoed my thing, my speech, and you can see it on the net. It's um, www.tinyurl.com uh, uh, slash pal talk, I think, or is it tiny one slash pal talk? But so I, I, I got to speak, but the people that I met, I mean, a lot of very passionate, very bright Palestinians with a lot of Zoom calls, Zoom conversations with Palestine. And the guys I met that I loved the most, though, were the, were the rabbis, <laughs> these two rabbis. And these are the Turi Kar. They're like the guy I was telling you, Aaron Cohen. They're very sort of fundamental Judaism. You know, they, they're very strict, but extremely personable. And what is funny, because they're Yanks, because they're from New York, they like speak like a train. They're proper Brooklyn, you know, dilly, 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 very fast and funny, but dressed in the whole Hasidic thing with the funny yeah. hat, the big sideburns, and the, you know, and and but really, really anti-Israel. I mean, they live, eat, sleep, and breathe Palestine. You know, they care so much about it. And and I want to get this guy to come over. And Rabbi David Weiss is so funny and so good, such a good speaker, that I would like to get him to come to Britain. He wants to do a tour of the mosques here because he's a lot more outgoing than Aaron Cohen. I mean, this guy isn't shy. Oh, poor him. Aaron, though. Aaron's getting on a bit now, though. Yeah, yeah, he? but Aaron never. Aaron was good because he would foreground himself and he took big, big risks. And I think now he's got to the point where, you know, he's he's, he's still he's still doing stuff, but, you know, he's like 90 or something. Whereas this guy, Rabbi Vice, he's 65, and he's still fit as a fiddle. He's the same age as me, and he, he's dead keen to go places and tell folk things. And and I think what is amazing is that is that people in Britain have never seen anything like it. I don't think they will have because he's... He's just so funny and so fast. Yeah, I think so, I'm sure I've seen him on um, different well, clips here and a, there. It's funny because I've got a flyer here. This is the campaign against Bogan and anti-Semitism flyer. I better hold it the right way up. And I showed him the picture. I said, here's my flyer. And he says, hey, that's me on the front. You got me on your flyer. It's like, oh, my God, it was him. It's like weird stuff. So, um, yeah, I mean, I met some brilliant people. I met, I met the woman who did the flotilla, you know, um, Greta Berlin. I said, you've got a name like a porn star. She laughed, but she says it's not her first marriage. Her second but anyway, she she got organized the boats to Gaza, the flotilla. And it's like, and she's given me a press list of all the journalists in the world, like 3,000 journalists. So now I can mail them all. I mean, just great people, really interesting people. They don't do so much on the twinning. And I was trying to get them to think about that. You know, Los Angeles twin with Gaza, New York twins with Gaza. I mean, but I think it's it's a bit harder for them to conceive of it. You know, twinning is very much a sort of British type thing. Mm -hmm. But uh, they've only got one city in America that's twinned with one in Palestine. So the British Friendship Palestine Twinning Network. Um, but the thing about the Zionists is they tend to occupy the top layers of government. I mean, they go for Westminster. You know, 40% of the Labour Party are friends of Israel, 80% of Tory MPs, the Friends of Israel, but they don't bother with cities. They don't infiltrate city councils to the same degree. And even the same in America, they don't bother with city councils, municipalities. So this is a good place to get twinning going because they don't get all this pressure from Israel, usually. I mean, Israel steps in the last minute and they threatened all our councillors with jail. They were meant to discuss twinning on the 29th of March. And the day before, Israel said, if you do this, even if you say it negatively, you're all going to prison. We'll make sure you 62 councillors get banged up. And it was like, ah! They took it off the agenda. 
But now I've got Michael Mansfield, who's this amazing Jewish lawyer. He's the best QC in Britain. And he's on my side. And he sent... Um, so I, there are two things. I handed myself into the police. Like I set up the Dina Gaza Training Association. And we put the mayor of Gaza, Yusuf Saraj, uh, as the Yaya Saraj, as our presidential honorary president. And I phoned up the cops and said, look, you're going to have to take me in because uh, I'm a terrorist. And they said, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, well, you know, I'm anti-terrorism, you know, I'm Hamas, you know. And he said, well, you better send us an email. <laughs> and they thought about it. And they said, well, twinning, there's nothing wrong with twinning. It's not supporting terrorism. And they came back and said, you know, you're fine. You don't have a problem. And that's really, that's, you've missed an L out of twinning. Yeah, I've just noticed that. <laughs> you, you carry on. Anyway. I'll, I'll uh, listen. And, uh... So anyway, the police... And then, and then the council said, oh, you know Michael Mansfield. Can you get him to give us an opinion? Of course, Michael said, Michael's Jewish and Michael hates Israel. <laughs> he's an amazing man. He's 80 and he's amazing. He did all the big things, you know, Grenfell Towers, uh, Sunday, you know, Bloody Sunday, um, Jose de Menezes, Stephen Lawrence. I mean, the McLeibel bunch, you know, every political campaign, every human rights issue. He's one. He's he's a genius. He's just brilliant, and he he he's he's happy to give me advice. And he said uh, he said, well, you know, you know, told the council, there's nothing wrong with twinning. You can twin with Gaza, there's no risk. So when you get Michael Mansfield telling you that sort of thing, you do listen. Um, he's the king of human rights in Britain. Well, that's how Wikipedia described him. So there's a lot of you know important people, really helpful people, really passionate people out there. Who, who will help you, to, and it's this bunch training with Palestine, they will help you as well. I mean, they've got resources for how you set yourselves up and how you organize things. And it's culturally, it's a real journey. You know, if you're interested in food, you know, you'll learn all about Arabic food and they'll learn about Scottish food or British food. It's just every, everything is different. And because these are an oppressed people, but are highly intelligent, well-educated, a lot of them speak good English, they're, they're, they're actually hungry hungry for support, hungry to be recognised, hungry to share. And I, I think there's a, people in Britain, you know, they're all very um, pro-Palestine, but they don't get out of bed to speak to real Palestinians and to real Arabs. And I think if you can, it's great. It, it's what you need to do. You need, you need to kind of reach out to people who, who have been marginalised by Britain, you know. Yeah, yeah. What better reason? Uh, we've got a message there from Achajan. He says, from my hearing of an awareness of Zionist lobbying, etc., it's utterly teeing me off, I'll tell you. Any influence into government, especially by other outfits acting that way, is simply wrong. Couldn't agree more, John. Well, it's funny because they threatened all our councillors with jail and the councillors were like, oh, you know, this is outrageous. How can the UK lawyers for Israel get away with this nonsense? I know, they? I know. They're the guy, they got Manchester, they got the the um, the curator of Manchester Gallery, Art Gallery. That's right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. these are these people. You think lawyers are bad, you think Zionists are bad, you put them together, and yet these rock violas who, who would do anything to get you fired. Yeah, and, and who who's you know who's funding them? Well, the Israeli embassy, probably. The Israeli embassy spends a million quid a year on trying ministry to and Ministry of Strategic Affairs. And, and they no reach doubt. me. I mean, I, I, I do youth work. I do stuff with the scouts. I got back out of youth work. And I, I sort of support local scouts. Because me kids went to scouts. And they've suspended me two weeks ago. <laughs> the scouting, this is the scouting association, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the scout movement suspended me. I wrote to Bear Grylls, you see. I've got a certificate from Bear on the Wall, you know, Chief Scouts Award, because I did their books. I've done their books for 10 years. Uh, uh, I wrote, Dear Bear, well, I suppose that's how you address him, Dear Bear. It's like, Dear Cuddly Bear, no, Dear Bear. <laughs> and he says, um, I said, what about this? Do you support this? Because there's two scout groups in Palestine. There's the Hebrew, which are the Israeli ones, and there's the Palestine groups. You know, which side are you on? You seem to be on the side of the, uh, of, of the Israelis because you've suspended me for criticising Israel, you know. And he said, oh, no, uh, we don't get involved in live disciplinary cases. It's just a joke. It's just, I'm furious. I'm really furious that they can do this. And it's because the local Christian nutcase, um, you know, who, who happens to be the district commissioner, I never realised Mark Hesketh was actually the treasurer for the Bethany Christian Trust. 
he's the one. He's probably a Christian Zionist. He's, he's told me that I'm the one suspended. So now well, I can't speak yeah. to Scouts anymore. It's just yeah, so well, But this is it about Zionism. It's, it's nothing to do with... I, I've come to learn it's nothing to do with with what religion you are, what race you are or anything. It's an ideology. It's a racist ideology mm. um, that many different people from different races, different religions, you know, they hook themselves onto this ideology. And uh, it's, it's, it is, in, in my opinion, a racist ideology. Mm. And, um, and see, that's, I, what I, that's what I've come to learn over the years. I've written this very contentious paper that says Zionists aren't Jews. <laughs> They didn't like that in Glasgow. I said, well, if you're a Zionist, you can't not, be a Jew. But, you know, because if you're a Jew, you should follow the Torah. And the Torah says that you're a diaspora. And if you go back to Israel, you've actually broken the Torah. So you're disobeying Jehovah because the because um, the, 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 the Messiah hasn't come yet, has he? So what and this is now? what Notori Carter believe as well, isn't it? This is what <laughs> but it really annoys them because you say you can't be the country, you can't be the Jewish state because you aren't Jews. I don't know what you are. You're immigrants because even, you know, 2,000 years ago, you, you converted from paganism in Kazakhstan and then you moved into Eastern Europe. You know, the, 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 the Palestinians are the true Jews. I mean, they're the ones that are Semitic. And they've been there for thousands of years. Some of them might have converted to Islam. Well, a lot of them, most of them have. There's some Christians. Well, I, th I think fundamentally, they, they they are the people that that that, that ancestrally that, that is their land. I mean, I, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't kick the Zionists out. I would just say you have to live there as equals and understand that yeah, you have been yeah. guests for a long time because yeah. this is not your country. I, I think I think that's what everybody would want. We want, mm. you know, I think they want peace as well. They want to live side by side I mean, peacefully. interesting um, even hamas has got quite an interesting policy because they don't talk about killing all the jews they talk they they say at the moment you know if you can withdraw to the 1967 uh, frontiers then we can have a truce and you've got to allow palestinians to go back to the villages that they were driven from and you have to give them some compensation so hamas i think adopts a fairly reasonable position now but Israel won't accept that. And Hamas have declared terrorists in the UK. But in fact, I can't see, you know, as an occupied people, it's like saying the Ukrainians, you can't resist the Russians. It's like, you know, Hamas are just doing, you know, resisting occupation. Um, technically, according to 1982 United Nations um, declaration, any occupied people are allowed to use force, including military force, to resist occupation. Mm. that's right that's right mm. Pete I want to we've only got 12 minutes left and right, I want to yeah. talk about what you're up to this weekend because you've organized mm. loads of different events mm. here this weekend well, and I'm, I'm actually these. I'm actually going to be setting off Friday morning to go to one of Pete's events in Edinburgh mm. um, so if you do live in Edinburgh or you fancy somewhere great to go over over the weekend come to Edinburgh and yeah. um, and celebrate with well, us, and uh, I'll leave yeah. that to Pete to tell you. What yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, the, the council give me money. I mean, I fall out with the council all the time, but they give me five hundred quid to do a jubilee thing, and it's anti. It's at the end of COVID, and so it's like lots of old people in the area, so we're having a jubilee party, but that's in the park. But the the main thing that I'm excited about is this twinning with Gaza, which has really got nothing to do with the jubilee. You can see the flyer. We're having a concert on Friday night in Princess Hold it, hold it up Gardens. to the um, camera, Pete. Yeah, it's it's um, it's called the Gig for Gaza. Gig for Gaza. Uh, and it's got four bands playing, four great bands. And just and, uh, just tell us where it is. It's at Princess the... Street Gardens. It's in the right in the city centre. Just get out Waverley Station. You're about one minute from Princess Street Gardens. It's right under the castle, so it's the biggest public space in the city. And I've hired it for the night and. Um, We've got four bands and a big sound system. We've got the Jennifer Ewan Band, the Stoned Holy Rollers, Junkman's Choir and Suffragitsu. And it's free. Well, and then you can throw money in the bucket for the medical aid for Palestine people. And we've got Tommy Shepard MP. Tommy Shepard's brilliant. He's a SNP guy, but he's supported us from the beginning. And, and there's, uh, it's brilliant. And Philippa Whitford, another SNP MP. She, she worked in Gaza as a doctor. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Corbyn knows these people, and he supports them too, because um, this is a this is this is a great you know when you have politicians that'll that'll just say you know that's a good thing to do twin with Gaza it's a good thing to do you know that's a very brave politician that will come out even in Murray our own MP which surprised me because he was part of Chris's downfall 
he came out and said, oh, I think 20 regards as good, Deirdre Brock. So there's, there's, there's MPs and politicians that do see the point of reaching out. Um, so having this twinning with Gaza, I'm hoping to get a few hundred people. I've put out 7,000 flyers. Um, I've actually managed finally to get an, an uh, Edinburgh Live to cover it, but the usual suspects. I mean, the BBC said, oh, that's interesting. They wouldn't cover it. They won't. And even the other, you know, the local Scotsman, he won't touch it. Herald hate anything to do with Palestine. Well, we'll be there with our gazebo. Yeah, we'll be yeah. giving oh, out flyers. Yeah. And, and the other thing is we're doing this other thing about the tourism Yeah, we are. Packs. We are. And it's a, it's the Resist campaign. campaign. We've got yeah, our name on it. This, this so, is to do with tourism tax. Get the taxes, get the tourists to pay for your city centre repairs. You see, because there's big cuts in government. They're going to, in Scotland, they're going to, three and a half billion pounds. I mean, the Tories are just getting out of this. They're going to be a lot more cuts coming. And our argument is, well, you know, we've wanted tourism tax for years, but we've never got anywhere um, because the, the, the hotel lobby always jumping in and say, oh, you're frightening off the tourists. But most of Europe has tourist taxes, you know, and if you go to Brussels, Paris, you pay an extra couple of euros a night and you don't notice it because most of the time you're going on a holiday, you're having a splurge anyway. So another sort of 50, 50 quid isn't going to kill you. But that's what we want is we want to get a tourism tax because that would bring enough money and it would stop you being so dependent on Westminster, stop you being so dependent on Boris and Rishi Sunak, allow your council to try and improve the city and make it nice for tourists. But they can't do it at the moment. They certainly can't do it in Scotland. And the legislation's not there. So, so I've managed to persuade Resist to support this campaign where we go around getting tourists to sign up on the Scottish Parliament website saying they support a tourist tax. And they would be great if we can get a 1,000 tourists with foreign names because anyone from anywhere in the world can sign on the Scottish Parliament. And they all got their names up in the Scottish Parliamentary website forever. I mean, what a better what, souvenir. What's the name of the... Um... What's the um, link for the um, petition? Well, so we, that the, everyone the petition, on here can sign well, on. They can, they can, it's tinyurl.com restrict cuts edina. Tiny. It's resist cuts edina. Yeah. Tinyurl.com so slash resist cuts Tinyurl.com. Is there a forward slash? Yeah. yeah. Resist, resist cuts. Edina. How do you spell Edina? E D I N A. It's the old Latin name for Edina. So it's just another way of, of organizing a way to resist the cuts, which aren't just about complaining, but you're actually trying to do something that involves um, getting, um, you know, making your own money. Because tourists will come to your country come to your city um you know even if they have to pay a quid a night but you know why not use that money to make the city nicer make it nice yeah, them to get I, think more I think it's a good initiative so yeah. if you're watching tonight and, and if, the good if thing you is as well is the snp support all the parties support it so we don't have a problem with alienating other parties we can draw people in from all places yeah absolutely so if you're uh, watching tonight or you're watching on replay or if you're watching uh, or listening to it on the podcast um so if you just put in the link tinyurl.com forward slash resist cuts adina that's e-d-i-n-a and you can sign pete's petition to try and get yeah. a, a tourism well, tax yeah. going in edinburgh at this point that's just a place to register your interest um at the moment, the Parliament and I are still arguing about the petition because I did put the petition a week ago, but they said I haven't phrased it right. So I've got to change it. I mean, what I've got on the flyer is correct. And we've got a thousand of these to start handing out on Friday night because if we get 500 people coming to the gig for Gaza and you're going to be doing a stall for resist, there's a good chance you get lots of new members because a lot of people are very pissed off with the politics we've got. You know, they want to see change. Mm -hmm. And uh, and the idea is that we kind of use this as a recruiting ground because we've only got seven resist members in Scotland. And, and, and we need lots, lots more. <laughs> we need more. And I think people are curious. They're very curious. And this is a good opportunity. We're just tying it up to a, an issue which people in Scotland can't say no to and hopefully get young people joining or people who are interested in alternative politics to join. Because um, 
I think we're pushing it an open door. I mean, so many people won't vote anymore because they just see no point. But I think well, they, do, they don't know exactly. They don't see any point. They've lost all faith in politics and politicians. Um, but we want to do something about that. And it's it's not about it's not about Chris Williamson. As he will say that it's not about me. It's about the fact that people, ordinary people, we're pissed off. We've lost confidence. And, um, you know, most people don't bother to go out and vote because those people don't are not representative of their of their thoughts and beliefs and values and morals. Um, so we want to speak up for the ordinary people you know in the street ordinary people who are um fed up with the corruption um fed up with these people who think they have the right to be in power and don't represent them um fed up with war you know fed up with um you know all the money that's been wasted during mm -hmm. the, the covid pandemic and you know and you know, I've, ruining, I've, got, a, I've, got, a great, I've got a great policy that I hope Resist adopts, and that's for everyone to get taxed at 100% that earns more than I do. Because <laughs> I think if you taxed everyone at 100% that earned more than I did, then we'd all be equal. And then people could get telephone number, you know, salaries, and people just work for the status anyway, but they pay the whole lot on tax. So they say, I'm earning 100K a year, but in fact, we're still only taking home 30 because they're... But I think I think we should be taxing the rich to death, and and that would well, make it should. a fair country. You know, we and hmm. well, well let, let's look at this um, four hundred quid that Rishi Sunak has uh, said he's hmm. going to give people towards paying their bills. Hmm. That money is not yours. It's going to go hmm. straight back to the energy companies so the energy companies are actually going to be making more money which will in turn go to their shareholders mm -hmm. that is not the answer rishi sunak mm -hmm. the answer is to bring these companies back under national mm -hmm. control where Absolutely. they belong Absolutely. and they need to start doing that now not mm. giving us bloody loans to pay back or giving yeah. us 400 quid oh yeah because that's not coming to us that's going to the bloody billionaire class again mm. sorry for swearing folks but um <laughs> got my soapbox out there no. got me started <laughs> no i mean I, I like that's why i like resist i mean it's what you might call old labor you know and, and or, or it's also got corbynism but it stands for the values that I grew up with, you know, back in the 70s and the 80s, you know, it was a great quality of life we had and back in the heyday when there was a lot, of, you didn't have these ridiculous extremes of wealth. People were far more balanced and, you know, there weren't too many rich and poor. There was just a better society. I think people now have got a poorer standard of living, really. Folk don't realise it, but back oh, then... absolutely. And, and the, the youngsters, they can't mm, see a future. Mm. You can't get a flat. There's no way. You, and getting accommodations a bloody joke. I mean, like I paid seven pound a week for my flat in Bristol. You know, now you wouldn't get a flat for less than you know three hundred quid a week. I've, I've just been. I've just been Amazing. to see. Well, I moved my son's girlfriend from Liverpool to Preston. He's at university mm. up there, so he's living in this student accommodation. It's it's a terrace house. There's mould everywhere. It's absolutely mm. disgusting. He can't get the landlord to do anything. It's freezing cold. Um, he's he's had to try and seal up all the windows in his bedroom because all the all the cold was coming in, mm. and he's having to pay loads and loads of money for his bills mm. uh, to try and keep warm. Um, mm. And the, the amount of money that landlord is getting, um, mm. he's getting about, I think it's over a thousand pounds a week. <laughs> because there's crime, a really. multiple occupancy house. Mm. Mm. It's bloody ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, there should be rent. Back then we had rent tribunal. I mean, we were paying nine pounds a week and we went to the rent tribunal and they cut it to seven pounds a week. I mean, rent tribunals were great because they'd look at the property and say that landlord's charging you too much course maggie abolished them we should bring him back straight away bring it back pete that's what i say bring it back <laughs> and with that pete we're at the top of the hour so i want to thank you so much for coming yeah. on this evening um i'm i'm going to be crashing at pete's house on friday folks mm -hmm. um so i'm looking forward to uh to seeing pete and um, i've got you some haggis oh haggis <laughs> and tatties i hope yeah, neeps. Potato, neeps. They don't use potatoes. Yeah. It's turnips, I'm afraid. That's oh, that's neeps. fine. I like turnips. Yeah, no neeps good, and tatties. Right. Yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs>
Um, so all good. So I'm really looking forward to um, Gig for Gaza on Friday. And yes, Shirley, I will do a Facebook Live. So I will try and do some Facebook Lives whilst I'm there throughout the evening. Um, so thanks for joining yeah. us, Pete. Thank you to everybody in the chat. Um, I was really nervous tonight, actually, because I'm here on my own. There's no Gaz, the producer. There's no Lizzie. And I didn't know whether I was going to do it all right. So yeah. I hope you all enjoyed the show yeah. this evening. And yeah. uh, just, just to say, if you go to www.twingaza.com, the website, yeah. you can down, you can watch the YouTube. On the next morning, we'll have this, the concert on YouTube. It'll be quite good quality. You can enjoy it from then it's a three-hour concert if you want to hear some scottish music and hear hear some interesting pro-palestine politics but it's mostly music That's so that'll great. be on if you go on the twingaza.com the gig for gaza post you can get the link to the youtube channel fabulous well thanks kevin thanks john uh Thanks, uh, Shirley, uh, Jarlaf, everybody, Tiggs, Tiggs, Kevin. Thanks, everybody, uh, for joining us this evening. And we'll see you next week. Good night. Bye. Bye. Let me try and do the outro now. Oh.